You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to day whatever it is, 18, I think, of the World Cup Minute. That's right. All right, day 18. That's right. We had a two the two-day break threw me off for a second there, but we're we're back, day 18 of the World Cup. Ultimately, maybe the best day. <laughs> maybe the best day of the World Cup so far. Just as a as a neutral, as, as I suppose I am for all of the remaining matches here, it was it was incredible. I mean, the first so, yeah, obviously, just a, a very quick recap is that Croatia defeated Brazil on pens, and then Argentina defeated the Netherlands on pens. I thought going into those pens, I, I guess I forgot about Emmy Martinez for a minute, because I, I am wearing my, my Arsenal scarf uh, in tribute to quasi-Arsenal legend Emmy Martinez, uh, <laughs> now, now an Aston Villa proper legend, but uh, he, he did start at Arsenal. So um, wearing, my, wearing my Arsenal scarf today, but I forgot for a moment that they have Emmy Martinez, and Emmy Martinez is stone cold. I mean, nothing nothing you could do about those two, the two goals that they scored. Um, just that was, that was Vut Veghorst doing stuff that he never did when he was uh, with Burnley and was tasked with, they sold Chris Wood, who is not good, uh, <laughs> Burnley, and they replaced him with Vud Veghorst. And the idea was that I guess he was a more complete player than Chris Wood. And uh, he couldn't score either. And uh, so that's, in my head, he is that he is the big man who couldn't score. And for well, him to Veghorst be is having the last laugh, Josh, as he has now scored in a World Cup quarterfinal. It didn't seem... <laughs> He wasn't laughing uh, on the pitch, Brandon. I saw a lot of weeping at the end he, there. He, he didn't pull up his his uh, top to reveal an undershirt that said, eat that, Chris Wood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that free kick, I know we're like jumping all around here because we're, we're recording this just minutes after that Argentine match uh, concluded. But is that one of the best free kicks? I, I know, I, I'm not saying it's the most original or whatever, but given the stakes, given the time in the match and everything, that has got to be one of the best free kicks I've ever seen. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. Just the the guts to pull it off and that, because that, that is an elaborate, you see this in the Premier League, these kind of elaborate set pieces. They don't really go off very well then, right? And it was kind of executed to perfection. I mean, it was like, I don't know how much, yeah. everything worked out exactly as it, as it was supposed to. And uh, yeah, it was really impressive. The word best is going to get you in trouble because that's a loaded term, especially in sports sure. talk. I would qualify it as one of the most memorable free kicks sure. given the, the the stage and 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 right. yeah, it was it was it was really fun to watch it watch it play yeah. out. And yeah, often the it's no Dimitri Payet top bins. I get that. You know, right. it's a different. Yeah. Uh, category usually the elaborate overworked set pieces involve i'm going to roll it to you and you're going to roll it to me but i'm still firing a shot from 25 yards out 
for them right. to be able to do the, uh, the the setup to get the ball that close to the goal for that shot is. And it, this was all the talk coming out of U.S. Netherlands was like, oh, Louis van Gaal, he's still got it. What a genius. What a what a tactical mastermind. And it was so hard for Netherlands to imprint themselves on this match against Argentina because Argentina was really good on balance, probably the better team. But then there were mm-hmm. those moments that I think Louis van Gaal had, you know, gets to have another laugh and another moment in the World Cup Um I mean, if, yeah. if he can take credit for the, the set piece formulations. But I think that's what yeah. has been a joy of Netherlands under Louis van Gaal is um, what they lack in, you know, uh, the, the, the talent department, which is not not much. I mean, D- Dumfries, we can talk about him, but um, they make up just in in their, their tactical te- noose. Yeah, their tactical yeah. nows, their um, yeah. yeah, their technique. So um, yeah. I'm glad that Netherlands gave us that moment. I was getting a little perturbed with Argentina as they kind of got swept away emotionally. It was it was they were the- <laughs> falling apart. Like yeah. I, extra time came at just the right time. Honestly, yeah, if that right. match had gone into I mean that free kick was in the 11th minute of 10 minutes of extra time it was absolutely I don't know where I mean we've talked about this all tournament they're finding every second is being accounted for but even and which I generally I'm a fan of I don't know how he got to 10 minutes of extra time in the second half of that match I mean there was the pen review but that wasn't like nine and I, mean, I don't know anyway but it was you know so it was very late in that match and it felt like if that match had gone for another five minutes Netherlands might have won like four two. Like <laughs> the wheels were, yeah, were totally yeah. out for Argentina. They kind of reset yeah. after that. It was an interesting contrast to Brazil, Croatia, where Brazil kind of lost their match because they just decided they were Ugh. they were too cool to win that match. Where and and so right. they just they didn't they weren't they weren't putting they weren't exerting themselves they there was nothing apparently nothing at stake for them i mean certainly you could see there was a lot at stake but yeah. the tears started flowing after the pen shootout but if they had an ounce of argentina's fire in the second half against croatia i think brazil wins that match somewhat yeah. handily and it's such a brilliant neymar goal too it was really beautiful yeah. like that's a goal that should win a match and I mean, you know, we, we've been we've been singing Croatia's praises all tournament and how absolutely tough they are, and they they're just too tough, Brandon. Right? I've been, I've said it. <laughs> yeah, give me like one 30, word to describe this Croatian team, Josh. Tough. I, I've said it probably thirty times in this podcast, but it, what else can you say? Right? Yeah. They just they, they 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 keep hanging around and hanging around, you know, and they're just they're just lurking. They're just it's just they're very hard to kill off. And would you say they are the pens, they are like a rock or built for built yeah. Ford tough? I would love built to see Luka Modric doing yeah. a pickup truck commercials yeah. in Middle America. References, yeah. Can we can we throw into one minute of this <laughs> this episode? Um, yeah, I mean, once it went to pens, you knew it was over, though, right? And then when Brazil's pen was saved. Uh, the, the first pen, I can't actually remember who, t- was it Casa? Well, it Rodrigo the, the took first the first was, one. Was Rodrigo, yeah. yeah. So who when that, who when that many was people saved, might remember from the Champions League semifinal against Manchester City, who uh, just yeah. uh, came on as a sub for Real Madrid and, and killed that match for yeah. City. I think, so I, I got, some people were, I was debating with some people about whether this, whether the goal all along was for, 
Croatia to get to to extra time or, or you know get to penalties ultimately and and I think I it's just hard it's hard to pull off unless you're good enough right like it's it's easy to say oh yeah every time a team is overmatched they should just tighten things up play 11 behind the ball and 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 then get to pens where it's more of a 50-50 proposition easy easy to say very hard to execute right and they have to really trust themselves to to hold the line and and, and do it and they they held the line for what 107 minutes whatever it was until until when, when, when did Neymar score? Neymar scored in the in the 105th minute of extra time. So they they held the line for 105 minutes. You know, Brazil were. I mean, it, I I don't think every shot on target was bad. It wasn't like they were just peppering the goal with with softies. Like I think there were at least a, a few legitimate, you know, good chances that that were saved before that for that goal was scored. Um, but then they do it, and then like you said, they just they honestly they needed more shit housing. Uh, you know, for yeah. lack of a you know, as in the parlance of of our, of our sport brand, you know, they just, they just needed to, they, yeah, they needed to fall over more. They mm-hmm. didn't do the, they needed to just, they didn't do the cliched, slightly racist thing that people accuse <laughs> South sure. Americans of yeah. doing, you know, yeah. and they needed to fall over more. They needed to dribble into the corner. They needed to just see this thing out and they kind of didn't. And it was, it ended up becoming like a tortoise in the hair situation sort of, mm-hmm. you know, where they just sort of, yeah. they had it and then they just kind of, they just let it slip. Uh, what else can you say? It's it's you know it was is like like a Gerard in Liverpool. You know this this will not slip. Well, it, it just it was it was very tough. Yeah, I I like what you said about the shot selection by Brazil because uh, Livakovic, the celebrated Croatian goalkeeper, his performance was amazing. It did remind me of Tim Howard against Belgium in 2014 yep. where Howard had 16 saves and you go back and look at every save you're kind of like well yeah they're all kind of like shot right at the the guy he had to be in those yeah. positions but yeah Brazil just lacked the that little extra bit of magic that caused so many people to pick them as tournament favorites and they just uh, yeah I they Brazil around the 115th minute of extra time decided they were going to start trying to kill the game and dribble it into the corner. I'm like, so it feels a little too early for that. And B, yeah. they like they went for the corner and immediately lost the ball. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, they, you know, that's interesting. And so maybe maybe they actually uh, just constitutionally weren't a team that was capable of, of playing that way. Um, I mean, do you think, okay, it's easy. A team wins, a team loses. These, these are, you know, these things are not preordained. And sometimes when a team that's better, uh, if you can call them better, whatever better even means, right? They have more talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when a team that has more talent loses, it's easy to be like, oh, well, actually, all along they had these fatal flaws. They had these things that were um, that were they were inevitably going to drag them down. But watching this match, I, I did kind of feel like Brazil. I mean, I know they, they they have Neymar, obviously, and they're so loaded. They have so many great players, but it's like they kind of, and they have cast, it's like, it feels like there's some kind of connective tissue between the defense and the attack that wasn't quite there. I, I don't know. I, I just like, they needed like a Kevin De Bruyne type, somebody mm-hmm. who's just sitting back a little bit deeper, creating chances. I mean, when, you know, when yeah. Anthony came on, it felt like he made a little bit of a difference, but. Yeah, Rafinha yeah. out wide, I think has generally been, not to a World Cup winning uh, standard in this World Cup. So, yeah, I feel like it's the wide players. And also, hey, Quinn. 
Yeah, did you enjoy the World the Cup today? How was it? Uncle oh. B said, did you enjoy the World Cup today? Oh, sorry. Uh, we, have a, we have a special is, guest for sounds, those. I bet this sounds great on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm here with my six-year-old. All right, Quinny. <laughs> Say goodbye. We have to, goodbye to Uncle B. Dad, Dad, Bye, Quinn. Yeah. You are. I love that sweatshirt. I love this. I'm going right. to vamp a little bit. I'm going to vamp a little bit here. And that, yeah, I... Um, what were we talking about? We were talking about the, yeah, the, uh, Rafinha out wide Paqueta, um, who, you know, we, we know Got Paqueta assist, yeah. as a, as an, yeah, he, a lovely assist to Neymar, but he has had a pretty lackluster debut at West Ham and the premier league. That's where we know him best. Yep. And so I guess you look around the Brazilian squad and there's a lot of faith being put in really talented younger guys to, yeah. to fill these huge boots of, you know, you, like the last Brazil squad to win the World Cup. You've got, you know, Ronaldo. It's just like insanely yeah. Well, you know, I, yeah. talented players. Yeah. And it, this, 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 this team does not, is not at that level. Remotely you know, close. I, I, I mean, I think they're, I would say they're remotely close. I mean, they have like a lot. I mean, just think about who's on their bench, right? Gabriel Martinelli, Gabriel Jesus. Well, Gabriel Jesus, of course, is injured now. But, uh, you know, I think, I think what you could say, though, is that the rest of the world is caught up, right? You know, if, if there was, there, there's still a very, it's a very, very talented team. And Neymar is sort of this kind of exceptional player, obviously. But you look at Portugal, Right, this, the, the Portugal eleven, even even their bench, honestly, and is that team like really marginally less talented than this Brazil squad? Like not by certainly when you when it comes to just the eleven players you can actually field in a in a match, mm-hmm. I, I don't think so. Right, maybe in terms of the entire depth of Brazil's squad, right, which includes dozens of players. You know, Gabriel, the the mid the the defender for. For Arsenal, right? He's a spectacular central defender. He wasn't even good enough to, to crack this roster, right? So, mm-hmm. like, if you include all the players, sure. But in terms of the kind of top level, like, starting 11 dudes, I feel like England and Portugal and France are, are basically there with Brazil. And it kind of puts Brazil in a tough spot because they're basically still treated like they are ab- above and beyond, mm-hmm. you know? Like, the, they're, they are the greatest... Um, the, you know, the greatest uh, club in the you know, country in the world when it comes to football. And I'm just not sure it's as true as it was 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, it's America now. Deal with it, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I do think uh, two two positive things that stuck out to me. I Croatia will get a lot of stick for, you know, parking the bus, playing very defensively. As far as teams who pl- who came out with a defensive game plan... I found Croatia to be kind of relatively enjoyable to watch. They were mm-hmm. they were working really hard. They were trying to push forward when they were able. They were playing with a certain amount of of flair and joy in however defensive they were. I came out of this match being like gung ho. Yeah, I was celebrating that Croatia win. I, I thought they were yeah ultimately good for it. And then for Argentina, uh, the the happiest thing from that match, I thought, was Lutaro getting the match-winning pen because he has come on yeah. as uh, as a sub in all these Argentina games and fluffed every chance and been relatively yeah. poor and getting a lot of um, criticism for it. So for him to 
stick with the team, for the coach to stick by him, and for him to get that moment yeah. felt really special and love that. deserved. Love that hair. It's like anime hair. You know, I <laughs> yeah, just it sticks love it. straight it's up. Like it's so yeah, he I must don't know hang how out he with Guile from Street Fighter. He must hang out with Guile. Yeah, it's, it's like just normally when it sticks that far up, it looks really greasy and, and sort of you know yeah. gelled. But for him, it just looks like it's a natural. It's like a it's like an unusual tree or something. It's like interesting how it stands straight <laughs> up like that. So anyway, uh, I I agree. I I, I came away uh, feeling good about Croatia as well, and uh, and certainly. I, I was I was happy for Messi. I was happy he just I mean, God, those those that that stutter step pen looks so so bad when it doesn't work out. Like if you're not a messy level talent, it is a really risky thing and you end up you, you run the risk of looking very, very dumb, as we've already seen multiple times this tournament. But for him, it's like he basically turns it into an unstoppable pen. <laughs> yeah. You know, he just he walks right up to the very line of what you can do and then once, once, and he just has the self control, right, to not yeah. kind of stop his motion. Wait till the guy guesses, and yeah. then, and then, and he did it twice. He basically, did the exact same pen uh, in the, you know, to the, to go two to go up two nil, then and then to score the first pen in the game. What did you think of the uh, the Croatian pens? Because I don't know if I know a lot of strategy will go into the pen taking order. Uh, how much yeah. of it is then left to the pen taker? Because what I thought was so brilliant about Croatia is the first two pens are blasted right down the middle. And if you're yeah. Allison Becker, that's got to like suddenly you're like two in a row down the middle and yeah. I'm diving. Yeah. What am I going to do? And then <laughs> Croatia then proceeds to blast their remaining pens straight into the side netting incredibly. Yeah. Uh, I just thought Luka that that's Modric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That moment when he walks up, you're like, "Well, you can just turn off the TV for a minute because there's absolutely no way he's yeah. he's missing this pen." Yeah, yeah. What a what a he's 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 in he's in goat mode now. So instead of Neymar v Messi, we now get Modric v Messi. I'm a little pretty good still. I mean, yeah, I, I absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I am kind of yeah. now intrigued by the potential of you know, the changing of the guard, which has kind of been the overriding World Cup minute theme. If we yeah. were to get a Messi, Messi versus Mbappe final in this World Cup, it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I think that'd be, I guess I'm sort of pulling, just for narrative sake, I'm pulling for Argentina in that semifinal match, just because I think Argentina versus any of the, any well, honestly, any of the final four squads, England, France, Morocco, or uh, Portugal. I mean, God, Morocco made the finals. It's not entirely outside. It's 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 not likely, but it's it's certainly uh, a remote possibility that we would see uh, that we will see Morocco. I mean, Morocco is the home team now in the World Cup, um, and so let's let's use that opportunity, Brendan, to transition into tomorrow's matches. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Listen, the pressure is on for tomorrow. I... Tomorrow is the day you you and I won't be working. Uh, we were able to watch it. Yeah. I watched. Oh, I didn't even tell you. So when I was watching, so the first, um, the second half of uh, Argentina Netherlands today, my uh, my six year old was getting was was having uh, tennis lessons, mm-hmm. and uh, it's at the it's at the Y, uh, the YMCA here in, in Brooklyn, and um, they. Uh, and I'm sitting in the corner. I brought my laptop with me, so I'm just straight up watching the game on my laptop uh, while uh, while Gwen's doing these lessons. Great dad. And, well, everyone else does. I mean, I, I, at least I actually watch them play. Most people uh, just, just sit there drop them and, off uh, and then go to the coffee shop. Most people literally just look at their phones the entire oh, okay. time. I, I am actually I'm the exception because I, I, I I'm constantly yelling at Quinn to do. I'm actually the the opposite kind of dad where I'm like. Okay. Pay attention to the coach, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, so I'm watching the match, and I'm literally, a, you know, I'm an adult dad. And when that Vogt Veghorst second goal went in, the free kick goal, I fell over onto my back. <laughs> it was like I was sitting down, so I, did, I didn't go from standing to, to down, but I I <laughs> flat on my back. Oh my! Like I was. Uh, People must have thought I had a heart attack or something. I could not believe that happened. Did you start doing like the, Ma- it was... the Mikel Antonio Three Stooges celebration where you start spinning around? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, you know, it was, it was crazy. I just kept saying, no, no. I, I was, it was just so shocking. It was such an incredible moment. Yeah. I was chatting uh, with uh, a coworker over Teams and, uh, you know, Rest in peace, my inbox on Friday because oh my god, rest in yeah. peace, American economy. Um, <laughs> but we couldn't a we couldn't believe like how exciting Croatia Brazil was, and then like before that free kick, the Veghorst free kick took place, we just started talking about the soccer gods and like we don't deserve this. Like there's you know, there's no way this you know that that uh, the Dutch can tie this up because what have we done to deserve yeah. such joy? Nothing, yeah. you know, it was, uh, but there it was. And, and they smiled upon us, these, these gods of the World Cup, and they yeah. blessed us today. So, yeah. yes, I agree with you. There's no way tomorrow isn't just like a, a bit of a turd. So, but, but, but maybe, maybe the gods are just in full well, on um, yeah. God mode. I don't know. We'll see God mode. I hope they activate God mode tomorrow. I, I hope so. Uh, and you and I actually will, we'll, for the afternoon match for England, France, you and I are going to the Black Horse. So if anyone's listening to this and you're in Brooklyn, we'll be there watching yep. that match. Uh, get there around 1 ish. It's 2 p.m. Eastern time start. But let's, let's look at tomorrow's matches. The kickoff match uh, is Morocco, Portugal. That is at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time. And we talked about it a little bit in the, in the last pod. It's, it's a really, I th- would expect, you have to expect, certainly the betting favorite would be Portugal going to this match. And if it's the Portugal that we saw without Ronaldo in the last match, then they look very, very hard to beat. But I just think that with Morocco, it's like this is just, anyone's, anyone who's watched sports for a long time knows that Morocco is now in a kind of a special category where they're sort of, 
there's Morocco, the team, and then there's the like there's the continent of Africa, which is all sort of collectively willing them mm-hmm. further now. And I think that sometimes that can be pressure, but like we see this with the South American countries, I think sometimes too. But I also think that in a case like this, no one expected them to get this far anyway, and so they're, they're, it's kind of impossible for them to feel any real pressure going to this match because they have already exceeded. By a lot, by a wild degree, any expectations for them, and so this is like a free roll for them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They can go into this match and just play freely. Uh, Hakimi can just do, keep doing his awesome Hakimi stuff. And yeah, what if he waddles the entire match? That would that would be uh, yeah. An interesting. I heard a little. I heard a little story about that waddle. By the way, that apparently uh, that's a celebration that he and uh, Sergio Ramos do uh, for PSG. And it was, and Ramos was left out of the Spanish squad uh, for the World Cup, and it was like a little bit of like a, well, you call it a tribute or like eh, you should have had Ramos out there. It was like a little bit of a dig uh, right at the end of the match, which um, oh. <laughs> I kind of like. I think that's sort of like it's impressive. Uh, uh, that takes some that takes some guts oh. to to pull that off in that it's, in that situation. It's a shame. Uh, Sergio Ramos is so here in a, here in the states we have. Maroon Five and the, the the leader of the Maroon Five band, Adam Levine. I feel like Sergio mm-hmm. Ramos is like the Adam Levine of Spain, probably. Um, that's my theory, anyway. Um, <laughs> what does, that's that, one what for, does that mean? That's that's yeah. that's one for the American bandstand fans out there. Um, okay, but <laughs> okay. He just reminds me of. Uh, I I'll, all I can think about is that broken Sala arm. I feel like that's that's my. I don't. I don't he's I a bad. Yeah, he, yeah. He's yeah. half Adam Levine, half uh, a villain from a Karate Kid movie. It's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I guess I agree with the betting odds here and and put Portugal as as favorites. But I. I, I agree with you about this, the, the building Moroccan narrative and that kind of moves Portugal into only slight favorites territory. So then you just have to, you know, you know we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Does the Morocco who wants more show up or does the Morocco who feels entitled as they should to, to do a bit of a, a victory lap? And I think that's a little, um, that's very dismissive of Morocco to put it that way, but. Um, I don't know. It's like Ziyech, uh, again, like we f- mostly follow the Premier League almost exclusively in the club football season. And Ziyech is uh, the star of the Moroccan team and has been on the outside looking in of Chelsea. And it's great yep. to see him have this platform to show what a quality player is. And maybe he either gets sold to a team where he can play or he can break into the, the Chelsea lineup. Anyway, you always love to see those stories. Like, yeah, um, maligned, uh, marginalized player comes good, has moment. V- a voot, you think he could have or, a voot 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 course, yeah. level? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, it, as we saw with Veghorst, I mean, such a, a perfect example, right, of these players who just when they play for their national team, they turn into superheroes. And uh, I mean, we already saw Ziyech scored a pretty good goal in the, in the third match of, of qualifying. And so I think uh, he's got his, he's got his uh, shooting boots on Brandon, as, uh, as you like to say, I, I don't mm. like that expression, but you like it a lot. And so I'm using it for okay. you. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, you're welcome. And so I think that he, uh, I, okay. This is a very hard match to predict, so let's get out of the prediction game. It's going to be really entertaining. I'm really looking forward to it. I would certainly lightly expect Portugal to win. 
scoring wise, I don't really even know what I would expect for this game. I think it's really, I think it's, oh, there's a wide range of outcomes that I would expect here because Portugal can absolutely score. Morocco's defense has been exceptional. They've been exceptionally organized in this match. My boy remains safe. Normally they're your boys, Brennan, but in, case, in this case, I love, I love my boy, Moraine Sace, uh, Remain, Moraine, uh, Remain Sace, a ex-Wolves legend. Um, God, has a little knack for goals too. So, you know, they've, they've been very tight. And so I, I, I guess I would, if I just, just kind of, I feel like putting myself on the Let's record. Let's do it. I don't know yeah. Why. That's the prediction. But I'll say, I'll say two nil Portugal. That's my, that's my prediction for this match. Yeah. I'm going to, I will respect the Moroccan defense and I'll put my, my money where your words are and say it's a one nil Portugal victory. One nil Portugal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a tight, a fairly tight match. Yeah. I think that maybe in the second half. Maybe maybe Portugal score early and then score second when Morocco's pressing for an equalizer. That yeah, I think that's what we saw today. Is it's so. really all down to how early can one of these teams scores, and the, and yep. the farther it goes into the match, the tighter the game gets, and yeah. the, la- that, the lower that's where I was scoring will be. Mm-hmm. So I was glad Argentina scored fairly early in this match. It, it meant the second half wasn't going to be a slog, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, it, both teams were going to have to go for it. Uh, and then tomorrow, England France. Uh, again, I'll just open with with the betting outs here in case anyone's curious. But you know, basically, uh, France is is roughly the way it works out is they're roughly favored fifty five to forty five, right? So it's if you play this match ten times, it's basically a toss up who who comes out ahead, and you know, France would be like uh, slightly favored, um, and so. It, it you know again basically a toss up France I mean, France is the is the World Cup winner and they have the best player in the pitch in Kylian Mbappe Jude Bellingham may compete for that spot in a couple of years time I mean, he's, he's playing absolutely incredibly right now but uh, certainly Mbappe it's been kind of his his tournament so far he's been spectacular I mean, he hasn't really been as, uh, so many people have the, the have the claim for it being their tournament I guess I can't even um, call it that but he's he's certainly been excellent. Um, there has been talk that France hasn't been quite as tested as some of the other teams. And so it, they, I think they've looked a little better than England go, so far this tournament, but there are just moments with England where it, it just feels like they have a lot of, um, I, I just feel like they know how to play and win together. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's just sort of the, the narrative has really been rewritten over the last four years, right? This, this sort of, this is an England team that a very similar version of this England team made the world cup semifinals four years ago. Very similar team, a very similar team made the Europe or the, the um, European championship finals last, last year. And that team probably should have won, honestly, mm-hmm. the euros. They were, you know, they, they should have, they should have ultimately won that match, um, you know, before it got to Penn's. So they they know how to play. They they they've gone through the heartbreak of losing, right? They've been, you know, steel when iron sharpens iron or whatever. Brandon, whatever. I just love my cliches tonight, but like pressure you know, makes I, I think diamonds. They, pressure makes diamonds. Exactly. They 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 this team has knows what heartbreak is. They know they've learned that they have presumably learned, it's like the Detroit Pistons, Brandon. You know. You fight those Boston Celtics off in the 80s, right? It takes mm-hmm. forever. Those Larry Bird Celtics. You make it to your first NBA Finals in 1987. You, get, you, know, you lose in seven games to the LA Lakers. Heartbreak. It's just like losing in pens mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to Italy last year. Finally, 89, you break through. You play the Celtics. or you, Excuse me. They, you, well, they did play the Celtics in that playoff run. But they beat the Lakers in the NBA Finals, win their first championship, go back, win another one the year after that, Brandon. So... I think England 
five nil over. No, I'm just kidding. I, I do think that I, I actually think that England's going to win this match. I don't know why. I just had this feeling that England's going to going to pull this one out. I, I I guess it's just really in the strength of that Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham midfield. I just don't see them getting kind of run over. Um, especially, I, I'm sure that Southgate's going to play a little tighter tomorrow as well. And I think maybe we get like a Kane pen or something like that. And I think I think there's goals though. I think this is like a. I, I think England. I mean, again, we're just we're, I'm just having fun with these predictions, but I think I think it. England could maybe win like two one or something like that. I think maybe three two. I'll, yeah, I'll string out your NBA timeline and say after the Pistons go back to back champions, uh, guess who comes along? Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, <laughs> and they go on <laughs> right. to win how many in right. a row? So I yeah. would posit yeah. that uh, if England are the Pistons, that Mbappe is Jordan, and they are the Chicago Bulls, and we're already. We're we, we're already wow. at the twilight of this this. Who was the Chuck Daly? Was he the coach of that that Pistons team? Yeah. Southgate is like yeah. at the in the twilight of the Chuck Daly era. So um, I think it's I think it's two one to France. I agree there will, will be goals. I I think if if Southgate tightens up, it's to the detriment because I think the only yeah. weak point we've seen with this England team is their central defense or their their defense as a whole and they yeah. will be exposed if they're if they're asked to hold the line for 90 minutes against this world-class attacking talent that France has so i think if england can open up the game and hold a lot of the ball that is far better yeah. for them there's just no reason i think for them to play i, I mean they have phil foden harry kane you know, whoever they're playing up there, right? Saka depends on who they who they start up front. They just have a a ton of of. They don't have anyone of Mbappe's level, but they have a, a ton of of talent as well, right? This is not going to be like Brazil, Croatia today, right? There's no like you know they have play, there's no there's no Kramerich up there, right? It's a it's a really it's a, they have world class attackers, and I, I agree. I don't think they should be kind of shunted off in order to play a more defensive style. And so, I mean, that, that to me is what makes this match exciting, which means it's going to be nil-nil and, and end, uh, you know, nil-nil on pens. But it feels like this is a match that both teams can go for it. They can both try to win. And that is exactly what you want going into a match. Although, honestly, today you had kind of two what you thought would be slightly more one-sided matches, and they're they terrific. So I'm good no matter what happens tomorrow. It's going to be dramatic. It's the World Cup quarterfinals. It's going to be great. We've already won, Josh. Yes. We've already won. Exactly. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.